Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Canning season is almost upon us, or it already is, depending on where you live. And I know that a number of you are super interested in getting started with canning. However, maybe you're feeling a little apprehension because you're not quite sure if you're ready to go whole hog and fully commit to canning with all the equipment and all the investment. So you might be surprised to learn that you probably already have almost everything you need to can in your kitchen right now. Here's the scoop. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the place for you. Hey there, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec because I really wanted to tell you that the mailman brought me a 25 pound bag of salt this week. Okay, whatever, I know that sounds weird, but I'm actually telling you this for a reason because I know a lot of you are working on stocking up your pantries and your personal food supply right now. And this is my number one favorite brand of salt. Redmond's Real Salt is mined in the USA and it contains 60 plus trace minerals that make it so darn good for you and it tastes better too. Redmond's is my number one pick for all of my homestead cooking, baking, food preservation, and I happen to have snagged a discount code just for the listeners of this podcast. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com salt to check out Redmond's offerings. And don't worry, you don't have to get 25 pounds. They also sell it in smaller quantities too. Use the code homestead when you check out to save 15% on your order through the end of June. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. And now you can be a salt nerd just like me. Back to our episode. So there's this preconceived notion in the world of home canning that in order to be a canner, first off, a lot of folks think you need to be at least 70 years old, which is not true. There's all sorts of people from all different walks of life who are rediscovering canning right now. And the other conception or misconception would be that you have to have an entire closet full of special canning equipment that can be really expensive and kind of clunky to have around. Now, that may be the case if you want to start pressure canning, and you don't even need a whole closet, you just need a special canner. However, you absolutely can water bath can with very basic tools. And I love to teach people these little tips that I'm going to share with you today because it really lowers the barrier into this world of home food preservation And I'm going to be willing to bet that once you get a taste, you're probably going to be ready to get the special equipment or maybe invest in that pressure canner down the road. But for right now, we're going to keep it super simple. So the first thing you probably already have in your kitchen, and you didn't even realize you could use this for canning, would be a big old pot with a lid. You absolutely do not have to have a special canning pot in order to water bath can. A typical stock pot that you might have in your kitchen already for making soups or stews absolutely can suffice. Now, I'm going to get up on my safety soapbox here for just a sec. 
If you've listened to previous episodes about canning, you know that I am a stickler for not poisoning my family with botulism. I don't know. just seems like a good idea, right? Don't you think? Trying to avoid that. So if you are going to can certain foods that are low acid, like vegetables or meat or broth, you absolutely do need a pressure canner. So my little trick that I'm sharing with you today, I'm sharing it with the knowledge and the trust that you're going to use that stock pot and a lid and only can high acid foods with it. Okay. That's our, that's our deal. Sound good. Now a high acid food, the good news is it's probably going to be a lot of the things that you have on your list to try first of all. Um, so jams and jellies, absolutely great candidates for water bath canning. They have high amounts of acid. You can put them in those cute little jelly jars. So you don't need a giant tall pot. And that would be, I would say my number one recommendation. If you want to can a food item, start with a jam or a jelly. Other high acid foods would be a lot of your fruits. So, um, peaches, I love canning peaches. Those would count applesauce, um, your chutneys, your relishes, pickles, all of that fantastic for water bath canning. So put those on your to try list at the top and then put some of those other things like maybe the green beans or the carrots or the potatoes or the meat that comes down a little bit further down the list once you have dipped your toes into the canning water. This kind of sounds gross, doesn't it? It's like a bad mental image. Forget that I just said that. Um, anyway, so um, the only thing you need to watch for with this pot that you probably already have in your cupboards, it just has to be deep enough to cover the canning jars by several inches. So we want to, once, once the jars are filled with food and you'll need to follow a trusted canning recipe source for the information on how to put the food in a jar. So you can either use my canning information or the Ball Blue Book or the National Center for Home Food Preservation. Any of those guys are going to be giving you solid canning recommendations. But you follow the instructions, you put the lids on, you place the jar in the pot, and then you fill it, or it might already be filled actually, but the water needs, or the pot needs to have enough water to cover the tops of your jars by at least two inches. We don't want the top sticking out. We don't want the water boiling down and then the lids poking out. We need it to be well covered. And as long as your pot is deep enough for that, you are good to go. Okay, the next little trick that you can improvise for your canning equipment is a rack. So a rack is important in canning because we're putting these glass jars on the bottom of a metal pot. And then we have that very strong heat source underneath. And what can happen is it will cause jars to break. It's just a little, it can be a little too intense, not always, but it is a risk you run that you have some cracks happening. And a really easy way to prevent that is to have a rack on the bottom of your pot under the water. Um, and they make racks for your canning pot. And odds are, if you have purchased one of those kind of granite ware, classic canning pots, it probably came with a rack, but if you're using my little improvised stock pot trick, well, you probably don't have something that fits in there necessarily. So an easy trick would be to take some extra canning jar rings. You know, we have the lid that we put on top, then we have the rings that we screw down. Take a couple extra of those guys and you can wire them together 
basically I don't care what you use to wire it together as long as it won't melt in heat. So um, you just need enough to cover the bottom of your pan and then you can just set that, set that down there and the heat of the canning process isn't gonna affect the metal rings, it won't hurt them. And you can set your jars on top and then it just elevates the bottom of those jars up high enough to prevent breakage and also help with the heat and water circulation. And probably it's super cheap or free to get that done with tools you already have or equipment you already have hanging around in your cupboards. Okay, what about the tongs? Now, just, just so you know, any of the things I'm listing here, none of these are expensive. So I would say that even if you decided to go splurge on everything you need to water bath can, you could easily get it done for less than 50 bucks. The big canning pots are cheap, um, racks are cheap, and tongs are also not super expensive. So I'm just trying to be super creative here, but no, if you just want to forget with the improv, if you want to forget the improvisation and you just want to go buy the stuff, it's not going to set you back too far. I also think it's really handy to know how you can piece things together. Let's say you just have an urge to start canning and you're not going to the store anytime soon. Stranger things have happened. So tongs. Um, there are special jar lifter tongs that will come in a lot of canning sets. They're handy. I have a set. I use them all the time. They lift the jars out, they put the jars in, they don't burn your fingers, mission accomplished. If you don't have a set of tongs like that, you can use a regular set of tongs, like maybe what you use to um, lift your salad out of the salad bowl. Now, if you use it as is, it's too slippery. It'll You'll try to grab the top of the jar with it and it will not grip the jar sufficiently. So what you can do is take a couple rubber bands and wrap them several times around each of the little grabbers. What is the official name for that? Someone tell me, please. The little grabber guys on the tongs. You know what I'm talking about, but you would wrap a couple rubber bands around each one so it has some more grip. And then you can feasibly grab the slippery glass jar top and move it around and you're not going to have this issue of either burning your fingers or dropping the jar. Super easy, super quick. Um, I love that little trick. All right, lastly, Another thing you often need when you start canning would be funnel. And they make very inexpensive, either plastic or stainless steel funnels that fit nicely into the mouth of a mason jar. Let's say you don't have one handy. You can use a red solo cup instead. Yes, the kind that is of country music fame, right? You do want to make sure it's the kind, I think there is maybe a couple different varieties of solo cups. You do want the one that's maybe rated for hot beverages as well as cold. Maybe they all are. I don't know. I don't buy a lot of them, to be honest. So make sure the cup is able to handle hot beverages because we would. I would hate to have your cup melt into your jar of food. That would be bad. Um, but take your solo cup and you just want to kind of hold it up to the jar, whether you have a wide mouth or a regular mouth jar, and see where the tapering of that cup kind of hits the mouth of the jar. And then you can just take a sharp knife and trim off the bottom of the jar accordingly, and it will fit right into your mason jar, and it makes a super quick and easy funnel. Now, not all foods that you can absolutely have to have a funnel. Um, but sometimes if you're doing the sloppier things like a salsa or applesauces, or you're pouring 
brine or sugar water or honey water into the jar. It's nice to not make as big of a mess. I usually tend to make a mess regardless of what I do, but funnels can help. Now beyond that, if you have the pot and the lid, the rack for the bottom, the tongs, aka jar lifters, and a funnel, you're pretty much set up with everything you need to start canning simple, high-acid foods at home. The only thing you have left to source would be the jars and the lids. Now, this is going to be one spot that I recommend you do not get creative with. I get questions from folks pretty frequently who will say things like, hey, can I use an old Prego spaghetti sauce jar to can in? Uh, or can I use some you know, random glass jar that's been in my cupboard? It has a lid, can I use that? And the answer is no. It is not recommended, it's not a good idea um, for home canning. So you'll want to definitely use a standard traditional mason jar. The good news is those are way easier to find than ever. I, I mean, I don't even feel like I need to list off stores for you because grocery stores, hardware stores, online, you're gonna have a pretty easy, easy time finding uh, a mason jar. It doesn't matter if you use big ones, little ones, wide mouth, regular mouth, whatever is your preference. They're everywhere. You do need to have matching lids for those jars. You can use the rings over and over and over, but you cannot use the lids repeatedly. And the reason for that is there is a sealing compound on the rim of the lid. And that is what sucks down when we're processing the jars and creates that strong seal. And after about one use, that sealing compound has lost its integrity. So it is not recommended by anyone, the lid manufacturers, the canning authorities, experienced canners, it is very much agreed upon that you use a lid one time for canning and then you have to get new ones for subsequent batches. So please, please, please be mindful of that. I know it's tempting to want to reuse them, but it's not worth the potential of the wasted food when the jar doesn't seal, that's just so frustrating. You pull it out of the canner, it doesn't seal and you feel like you've wasted so much effort. So you have that um, that you stand to risk. Also, maybe the jar seals adequately the day it comes out of the canner, but you stick it on the shelf and the seal is just not strong enough to hold and it unseals in storage. It's just not worth the hassle. So <clears throat> use new lids, <clears throat> excuse me, use new lids reuse your rings, and just play it safe. Now, side note, I absolutely will use the lids, the ones that have already been put through the canning process, I will use them for other sorts of storage. So I usually put a black X on the ones that are used with like a Sharpie, and then I put, put those on the jars that hold my pantry goods or my dry goods, um, things like that. So you don't have to always throw them away, but just don't use them for canning. Um, oh, a little tip, as far as jars go, Garage sales, man, they are the best place to find mason jars or go on a place like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and just type in jars and it should pull up listings for your area. You can find a lot of jars used. Um, I recently got several hundred for a steal from a local uh, gal who was selling them. I got antique ones, I got big ones and little ones. It was like, it made my whole weekend. I was walking on uh, clouds for three days because of my jar purchase. I realize that sounds weird, but some of you can relate. But check the gar garage sales, check thrift stores, check um, 
these garage sale sites, I bet you can very easily snag a collection of jars for way less than it would cost to buy them at the store. So all in all, I would say there's really no excuses left to not try canning this year. Pick something easy, pick something your family would like, find a trusted recipe and go for it. I promise you it's easier than you think and it feels pretty darn amazing when you pull those first jars out of the pot, you hear the pop and you know that you have made delicious healthy food to go in your pantry and feed your family for months to come. Canning is easy, but that doesn't mean it always feels intuitive. So if your head is maybe spinning just a tiny bit with the details, numbers, and processes related to canning, I've got you covered. I created a full ebook complete with all the details, diagrams, charts, and information you need to start canning safely without the headache. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com canning for all the details and some bonus goodies as well. And that is it for today. Thank you to everybody who has left ratings and reviews. It just goes a really long way to help other people find this podcast and subsequently bring homesteading into their lives. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening. And we will catch up on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.